Broadcasting from the Superbook Sports Studios, KTUS AM 1060, Tempe, Phoenix, and KSLX HD2, Scottsdale, Phoenix. It's time to hit the field with Extra Point, featuring Kayla Mortolaro and Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060. Tweet the show at KDUS AM 1060 or give us a call at 602-260-1060. The snap is back. The hold is down. You can't miss with this combination. And the Extra Point is good. number two of Extra Point on this Monday, July 17th. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro with you up until noon today as we typically do. Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays and Fridays. We'll take your phone calls around 1115-602-260-1060 is the number. But let's refresh the poll questions and we'll start with the KDOS1060.com poll question. Is the D-backs magic of March through June gone for the rest of 2023? Yes, leading the way at 78% of the vote, no trailing at 22%. Obviously, a, a bad weekend at Toronto. They did pretty much everything poorly. They didn't hit. Their relief pitching got them you know, basically destroyed in late innings, three straight days. The relief pitching you know, failed. And uh, were, you know, you know, manageable deficits became larger deficits, and their base running was awful. Uh, so, uh, not a good weekend uh, after the uh, first three games of the break and going back to the games before the break, they've now lost 10 out of 14. We'll get into a little bit more about the Diamondbacks here in just a minute. Let's touch on the Twitter poll question on Twitter at KDUS AM 1060 college football uh, setting the scene was Bill Bender of the Sporting News with Bob in the nine o'clock hour and if you missed it podcast KDUS 1060.com as well as the KDUS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports here's the question will Georgia win a third consecutive college football playoff uh, no leading the way at 77.8 percent of the vote yes trailing at 22.2 percent Certainly history dictates no. Uh, there has not been a three-time national championship since the uh, champion since the uh, mid-1930s, uh, and they didn't even have the AP poll back in those days, so who knows if those were actually legitimate national champions or not with Minnesota winning three years in a row. Uh, but uh, certainly uh, the odds are against them to do such a thing again. Do quarterback and yeah, even though I think he's going to be pretty good, but uh, we'll see. But uh, yeah, we'll get we'll have the answer to this, or at least give you what I think might be the answer to this. Uh, I guess we won't know the answer to this until like the second week of January. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but we will answer this question around 1130 today. Still time for you to cast your vote on Twitter at KDOS AM 1060. Uh, as we had alluded to more about the Arizona Diamondbacks here and Major League Baseball back from the All-Star break with weekend series and the return was not what the Diamondbacks were looking for as they were swept by the Blue Jays. It was a 7-2 loss on Friday. Ryan Nelson got gotten the start. He went five and two thirds, nine hits, two runs three strikeouts and one home run five to two loss on saturday zach gallon got the start five innings six hits three runs three walks five strikeouts and one home run and a seven to five loss on sunday with tommy henry getting the start four and a third seven hits three runs one walk and five strikeouts for tommy 
Yeah, let's go back to Friday in the first inning of that game. Uh, Perdomo got uh, you know, thrown out at second base after he basically got caught between second and third on a you know single to center field. Corbin Carroll ended the first inning being thrown out at third base. And they had five guys get thrown out foolishly on the bases in the, the three-game series, including Jake McCarthy picked off first base well, in a one-run game, uh, Friday and excuse me, Saturday and Sunday got picked off first base. Their base running, which has been one of their strengths this season, was awful over the weekend. Uh, then you have the fact that this sweep is devastating in general because you never want to get swept. But then you have what happened with the rest of the NL West. And for the Diamondbacks, they went from first to third here as now uh, the Giants uh, had a three-game sweep of their own against the Pirates and the Dodgers returned taking two of three over the Mets. So when you look at the standings here, the Dodgers are out in front at 53 and 39. The Giants at 52 and 41 one and a half games back and the Diamondbacks at 52 and 42 at two games back and only Max Scherzer just being tremendously you know he was great yesterday uh, that's the only reason the Dodgers even won yesterday they still could have lost after Scherzer left that game they, they still could have won that game excuse me the Mets should have probably been swept in that series and the Dodgers should have won three more games and uh, they've obviously uh Figured it out, even though Clayton Kershaw is not going to pitch, it looks like, until August because of his shoulder situation. Yeah, uh, the latest here is that he will be back much later than anticipated after getting an MRI, and the hope is that it'll be early August for a return. It's interesting here because he's quoted as saying that, you know, the shoulder doesn't hurt when uh, he is throwing, but the MRI and everything doctors have indicated that he shouldn't be coming back just quite yet. He also made some news in, in more conversation is that he hasn't ruled out the possibility of retiring at the end of this season, citing that he just has plenty to think about four kids and a wife uh, as well uh, to think about for him to possibly step away. Yeah, well, I think it's the uh, same quote every year, except I think it was three kids and a wife last year, right? So. Uh, so it's kind of like the annual LeBron you know, stuff, even though nobody believes LeBron's ever going to retire. And, of course, he's not going to retire after his SB Award stunning announcement last week that he's going to come back and play another year. Really? Okay. Uh, but the Kershaw thing going on. And the Dodgers, I think, are, uh, you know, certainly they're, it's a national league. So they've got to, you know, they're comfortably in the playoff situation in the national league. Plus, the Dodgers, I don't think there's any doubt that they're going to do something before the trade deadline, and they have the ammo to do it. Uh, they have nine of the top 100 prospects in baseball, according to the MLB pipeline on MLB.com. A lot of trade rumors already out there regarding the Dodgers, including uh, Lucas Giolito, who's actually, I'm pretty, he's, yeah, he's from Los Angeles anyway. So that, that's one thing out there. Yeah, the White Sox are certainly going to trade Giolito and many others before they get to the trade deadline, and uh, we'll see what happens with that. But the, back to the Kershaw thing real quick. Yeah, it doesn't sound, doesn't sound like this is a you know, terrible, you know, serious type of thing, but you know, I think that they have uh, enough of a cushion right now as far as the National League playoff situation that uh, they can uh, bring him back and be cautious in, in, in their approach to bring him back. 
Uh, first off, did you watch the ESPYs, Bob? You no. So <laughs> there were days I did not. You know, once the last baseball game was played a week ago yesterday, uh, there were you know, some days, unless I was just kind of uh, sitting in my lazy boy, where I didn't even have any of the televisions on. I just took the you know the week off of baseball, and uh, obviously I got into college football a lot, and pretty pretty much have gone through. All 112 teams, I think it is. Uh, so I'm ready for the college football season. And did a little NBA, uh, NFL work, too, and some fantasy football work. I'm ready for my fantasy draft, which is until Labor Day Monday. So bring it on. Let's start. Let's get to that right away. Uh, so I'm sure nobody else, or I shouldn't say nobody. There's not many people in my league that you know, I'm, it doesn't mean I'm going to do well, but I'm ready for the draft to start, including readjusting my DeAndre Hopkins ranking when he signed with Tennessee yesterday. Um, back to the Dodgers here and the trade <laughs> oh, deadline. Back to, back to baseball? Yeah, okay. I, I got us sidetracked okay. there. Okay. But, you know, uh, you had okay. mentioned the no, ESPYs. I, think so. I got us. I got us. Yeah, that's true. You, you, yeah, it's your fault. It yeah, is. Yeah. It is. I'll take yeah, that one. Yeah. Uh, back okay. to the Dodgers, though. You know, does it end the trade deadline and how they're not going to, you know, stand pat, but obviously the thought about Shohei Otani and uh, making sure that they have room for him uh, in the offseason, but also does it just continue to marvel that you rattled off the prospects that they have and just how good these prospects are? And I swear this is a conversation we have every trade deadline, and it's been the same conversation for five, six, seven years now. And for the most part, with the exception of the Max Scherzer trade, they really haven't traded a whole lot of their top prospects over the years to get better and try to improve before the postseason. Uh, so we'll see what happens this year with that. You know, the Otani, they're not going to be involved in the Otani thing for a trade. They have, you know, I think many people, most people uh, in baseball have thought for months and you know, maybe even a calendar year, uh, that he's going to end up with the Dodgers to start next season anyway. Uh, speaking of the Dodgers, they will play today facing the Orioles. It's going to be Emmett Sheehan, who's 2-1, and 4.35 ERA, 16 strikeouts, versus Grayson Rodriguez for Baltimore, who's 2-2, two two, yeah. 7.35 ERA, and 56 strikeouts. Yeah, Grayson Rodriguez makes his return. The uh, Orioles only one game behind, I believe it's one game behind now, Correct. Tampa Bay. In the division, uh, they swept uh, the weekend series. The Orioles did, and you know Rodriguez. You mentioned the 7.35 run run average. You know, he's considered to be maybe by some the top prospect in baseball. Started the season on the major league roster. Uh, really had problems with fastball location and got pounded in some starts. So they're bringing him back now. See how this goes. He's facing the Dodgers lineup tonight. And his second start later this week is expected to be against Tampa Bay. So they're not exactly easing him back into this. Um, and then for the Giants, who have surpassed the Diamondbacks here and are one and a half games behind the Dodgers in the NL West, they will face the Reds. Uh, they're coming off of their three-game sweep of the Pirates. Logan Webb is on the mound. He's 8-7, 3.14 ERA, 127 strikeouts. And Brandon Williamson, who's 1-2, 5.21 ERA, 38 strikeouts for the Reds. Yeah, uh, the Reds are a mess. I uh, went through that a little bit during the uh, during the uh, sports zone. You know, if you take out the Reds, uh, ten or you know, they had the twelve game winning streak when they were the talk of baseball and you know frequently the 
talk of the pipeline during the sports zone there for a while. Uh, if you take that out, they're actually six games under 500 for the season. Since we were last here on July the 7th, they played six games against the Brewers. They lost five of them. Uh, their lack of attention to detail and their poor managing by David Bell uh, played a big role in several of those losses, including yesterday when inexplicably uh, Bell did not have their closer Diaz in the game in the eighth inning until they were actually tied. And then he gave up a hit or gave up maybe a sacrifice fly, but he gave up another run and they lost. There's no reason that he did not, the Diaz did not start that inning. That's just the latest example of, uh, you know, David Bell is an, an inept manager. And I actually think that the Reds should not be really giving up any prospects uh, that are top prospects to add pitching because they're just a mediocre team. They're a fun team, uh, better than anybody anticipated. But I think that uh, between the last two weekends against Milwaukee, and they're one in five this year against the Braves. Uh, they're not uh, an elite team, and they're not going to challenge in the National League postseason. We'll continue the Major League Baseball conversation on the other side of the break as we'll go around the MLB with the division races and kind of reset the scene as uh, teams are back now from the All-Star break. There is one series, obviously, under their belt returning from the All-Star break, but we'll get into those divisions uh, other than the NL West on the other side of the break. But feel free to interrupt. Join the conversation, 602-260-1060, the number 602-260-1060. It is the Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, follow along with us online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. Right now, Superbook Sports giving you the chance at a $100 gift certificate, so be sure to download the KDOS 1060 app, register, and follow along with the instructions for how you could potentially be eligible for that $100 gift certificate. More Major League Baseball and your calls next here on Extra Point. SB Nation Radio is now Sports Map Radio, keeping sports content fresh and fun. Join us right at KDUS AM 1060. point right here on KDOS AM 1060. It's Monday. It's July 17th. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro with you up until noon today as we typically do Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. Let's go around Major League Baseball with the division races. Uh, we did talk about the Diamondbacks in the NL West in the previous segment. Let's turn our attention to the NL East here with the Braves firmly in control of this division. 61-31 and 31 on the season then you have the Marlins at 53 and 42 nine and a half games back the Phillies 51 and 42 at 10 and a half games back then the Mets at 43 and 50 18 and a half games back and I can't believe I'm going to mention them but I will the Nationals at 37 and 56 24 and a half games back and the Braves though uh, this is going to be tough for the Diamondbacks because the Braves are going to be entertaining the D-backs for a three-game set starting Tuesday. And Max Fried may be back in this three-game series. Uh, he's uh, had, uh, I don't know if they're rehab starts or bullpens or whatever, but he seems to be ready to go. And uh, that could be as, uh, as uh, early as Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday, this three-game series that the Diamondbacks start tomorrow at Atlanta. Also, Kyle Wright 
who was the baseball's lone 20-game winner last season. Looks like he's going to be back by uh, you know, early August. So we'll see what happens. But they did lose two relief pitchers since we were here last. Ian Anderson uh, is uh, headed for shoulder surgery. He's on the 60-day injured list, and he was a he's been a really good for them so far this year. And also A.J. Minter, their best left-handed relief pitcher, has a shoulder problem. Not nearly as serious. They just placed him on the 50-day injured list. They need to go out and get a left-hand. Uh, they need to get. They need to get a left fielder. He's the only, uh, Eddie Rosario can hit. He's a terrible outfielder. He basically cost them a game on Saturday against the White Sox with just butchering two plays in left field. So for the Braves uh, to do anything before the deadline, I uh, would be very surprised if they did not add a. Uh, an outfield uh, outfielder, and uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, maybe they bring back Adam Duvall, who was uh, you know, with the Red Sox, but the Red Sox have won some games here lately, so maybe they're not going to be selling. Uh, then just continuing with this NL East here for just a minute, uh, the Marlins find themselves in a series at St. Louis, and then the Phillies are in a tough one against the Brewers starting on Tuesday. Yeah, I'm having a tough time believing in Miami. They obviously, uh, we mentioned the Orioles. That's uh, who they, the Orioles swept the Marlins over the weekend. The biggest question for the Marlins for me between now and the trade deadline, by the way, is like two weeks from tomorrow. Uh, would they actually be willing to trade? So they have a surplus of major league starting pitchers, which not many organizations have. Uh, would they trade one of those guys? Because they need some offense desperately. As far as the Phillies, yeah, they had a good weekend series against the Padres, but who doesn't against the Padres for the most part? Uh, the best thing going for the Phillies is they've already played four of these games since the break, but you know, they have more home games than anybody in baseball after the All-Star break. Uh, then you have in the NL Central here the Brewers. They're leading the way at 52 and 42. The Reds at 50 and 44, two games back. The Cubs at 43 and 49, eight games back. The Pirates now 41 and 52 at 10 and a half games back. And the Cardinals 40 and 53, 11 and a half games back. Did I hear this right though? That Craig Council, uh, his contract is up at the end of the season with the oh, Brewers, yeah. and yeah. he legitimately is considering retirement. Yeah, I think he's just uh, well. He's got several college-age kids uh, that are, you know, you know, I believe one of them just recently signed with the University of Michigan to play baseball. Uh, so he's got baseball players in his family, and uh, so he's got a family to raise. I think he's just looking to better, get a better contract somewhere else. Uh, so we'll see what happens. I would. He's one of baseball's best managers. Maybe even you make a case that he is baseball's best manager. Uh, so we'll see what happens with that. As far as the Brewers are concerned, obviously they had uh, you know, two you know, successful series against the Reds. They only have three more games this season against the Reds, and those are in Milwaukee. That's the last weekend of this month. Uh, Carbon Burns said uh, over the uh, break that he's been told by the Brewers that he will not be traded. Uh, so we'll see what happens if that, you know, he was obviously upset about his contract situation before the season, but yeah, he's uh, he had an excellent start over the weekend. Actually, his last two starts, both against the Reds, were tremendous. So we'll see what happens. One other quick thing about the Brewers, Chris, I don't think he's ever going to get back to where he was in 2018. Uh, some of that was the juice ball. He was really good, but he's really had a very good season at the plate. Is uh, you know, you know, basically slugging percentage is now over. It's in the you know, like 850 or something. That's very good. 
Uh, so they're going to get their better there. If the Brewers did anything before the break, they need to get better against left-handed pitchers. They're the second worst in baseball at the All-Star break against lefties. Uh, then you have over in the American League, let's start with the AL East. The Rays are at 60 and 36. One game back now is the Orioles at 57 and 35. The Blue Jays coming off of their sweep of the D-backs, 53 and 41, six games back. The Yankees at 50 and 44, nine games back. You also alluded to the Red Sox there winning some games, 50 and 44 at nine games back. But the Rays expected to get Shane McClanahan back for today in the series against the Rangers. Big deal for them. Obviously, uh, he went down with the uh, the back issue, uh, you know, like a couple weeks before the All Star break, and they say he's full full bore to go. Unfortunately, they got the I think expected bad news is that Rasmussen is out for the season, uh, off to another elbow surgery. This is not Tommy John surgery. This is some surgery I've actually never heard of before, but uh, he's already had two Tommy Johns and. Now he's off to another elbow surgery, and he's out for the rest of this season and likely a good chunk of next season. Uh, then you also have the Orioles here. They deserve a ton of credit for, you know, kind of springboarding onto the season and in some regards even their own general manager saying that they overachieved last year didn't really do a lot at the trade deadline offseason etc and now here they are plugging along and they're sitting at 57 and 35 and maybe kind of defied some of those early expectations of who is this team going to be thinking they're going to to kind of falter a bit and here they are still at 57 and 35. Well, I've said all along I think they're a good regular season team. Uh, I don't think there's much of a chance that they have a long postseason run with this starting rotation. Uh, so hopefully uh, they go out and do something. Now, they have the ammunition to do so. You know, they have one of the best minor league systems in baseball. They keep bringing up these studs every seemingly every day, and they seemingly produce, like, immediately – uh, but they've got a bunch of dudes. Most of them are position players. In fact, almost all of them are position players. So if they want to add some starting pitching, they certainly have the ammunition to do so. Over in the AL Central, the Twins are leading the way at 48 and 46. The Guardians at 45 and 48, two and a half games back. The Tigers at 41 and 51, six games back. The White Sox at 40 and 55 at eight and a half games back. And whoof, the Royals at 27 and 67 at 21 games back. This is a rough division. This is maybe the worst division we've seen in baseball in a long time. Um, I haven't done any research on this, but uh, maybe even venture to say the worst division in baseball this century. They're, the Twins are in first place. They have a tremendous pitching staff. They have some of the best pitching numbers in baseball league-wide. Some of them, they're number one. And uh, I think they're number one in their own run average, in fact, in baseball. They can't hit. Uh, they have some of the worst you know, offensive numbers in baseball, too. They play good defense, which uh, helps that pitching staff. But, uh, you know, I can't imagine. I'm not real sure what they do at the trade deadline. They could certainly add some offense, needless to say, as I mentioned. But not sure what they'd be really willing to offer or what they have to offer to get better in you know, the offensive categories that they need to get better at. 
In the AL West, you have the Rangers on top at 55 and 39, the Astros 52 and 42, three games back, the Mariners 46 and 46, eight games back, the Angels now 46 and 48 at nine games back, and the A's 25 and 70 at 30 and a half games back. But uh, is this. Is this the moment where you say to yourself, here come the Astros. They did take two of three over the Angels, and they start a series against the Rockies tomorrow, and this is the time that uh, the trade deadline looming. We have to start paying attention to Houston. Yeah, I don't think it's time to pay attention to them because they beat the Angels two out of three, who I believe have now lost 12 out of 13. Um, Since they had that one hot stretch and people thought they were legitimate, uh, but, uh, you know, Texas, you know, Bruce Bochy makes a difference. You know, shocking, breaking news there, huh? Uh, he'd, you know, he'd be headed to the Hall of Fame if he didn't come back and manage this year. Uh, he will eventually be headed to the Hall of Fame legitimately, as opposed to many Hall of Famers in many sports who should not be in any Hall of Fame, but are because they take too many people in Hall of Fames. Uh, but, you know, they're good. Houston, though, a couple things. First up, Jordan Alvarez might be back as uh, soon as uh, this week, even though I think I said that like two weeks ago when we were here last. But it seems like that he's on the right track. And here's how important he is. He's played 57 games this season. He has 55 runs batted in in the 57 games. Also, Jose Urquidy is expected to be back uh, here this week. Uh, you know, they need some starting pitching. Dana Brown, their general manager, publicly said last week that they're going to add starting pitching. Also, it looks like they're going to try to add a left-handed bat for the lineup, which could get a little bit better. Jose Altuve, who got injured right before we went on a vacation, uh, is uh, you know progressing quickly here, it appears. Not the worst oblique injury of all time, which are usually anywhere – up to you know sometimes up to six weeks uh but it looks like he's going to be back uh, also possibly this week which would be a really kind of a miracle cure for an oblique injury so is there a division or specific teams that you are going to be most paying attention to as this trade deadline is approaching to see kind of uh how they're trending and what moves their general managers will be willing to make well, I think you can just take a look at the the first thing is, I don't know what the market's going to be because how many teams are actually going to be, uh, you know, in the the buying-selling market is uneven. Uh, there, seem to be, uh, there seems to be a whole lot more teams out there that, needs to buy, that need to buy, uh, and I don't think there's enough players and prospects or sellers to go around. So that's the first thing. Now, the first team that comes to mind, not surprisingly, we already you know, we talk about the the uh, the NL West every day, but the Dodgers. What are the Giants going to do? I have no idea what they're going to do. Yeah, they've survived to this point, and I think "survives" a key word. They've been thrived and survived, I guess, because they've had a lot of pitching injuries, and uh, they if they're going to make any kind of you know postseason run. I think that there's a chance they could certainly make the postseason they're in right now if the season ended today. But this is another team, uh, much like Baltimore, uh, that I don't think uh, – I think they're, you know, they're really built for the regular season. But if they don't get better starting pitching, how long are they going to last in the playoffs? 
Uh, so certainly we'll be continuing to monitor that with the trade deadline looming. And, of course, the Arizona Diamondbacks are off today, but they will start a three-game series starting tomorrow in Atlanta against the Braves. Uh, it's poll question time, and we will get into uh, those Diamondbacks with the question being, is the D-backs magic of March through June gone for the rest of 2023? Still time for you to cast your vote in the break. Head on over to KDUS1060.com to do so. Over on Twitter, at KDUSAM. 1060. Will Georgia win a third consecutive college football playoff? We'll answer those questions next. It is the extra point right here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, follow along with us online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. We're with you on this Monday, July 17th. Downloaded the KTUS 1060 app yet? Download today and get all of your favorite local and national shows right on your phone. online at kdus1060.com and with the kdus1060 app powered by superbook sports it is the extra point bob kemp kayla mortellaro with you and just a second before we get into poll questions i saw this come across twitter from jeff passan with espn and his uh tweet is breaking my back and then he has a uh, lengthy <laughs> message here that he says sorry i haven't been posting lately during cleanup after a big storm in kansas city a large tree limb decided to fall and crush me the good news i still have use of my arms legs and twitter fingers the bad news i have a broken back the vertebrae fracture will heal i will be better i'm hoping the pain subsides between now and the trade deadline through painkiller fueled tweets could be a fun time uh wow i hope jeff passan is gonna be okay but wow Jeff used to, before he hit the big time, was on this show for more than a, you know, a few times back in his Yahoo days. So uh, hopefully he's okay. I didn't know he lived in Kansas. I don't know if he lives in Kansas City or whether he was just in a... I know they had, ter- they had a long rain delay there yesterday. So uh, along with several other places in baseball that had long rain delays yesterday, including they, uh, they, that uh, Dodgers-Mets game, they just like moved it back like four hours. And there's no chance we're going to play in the morning, our time. So they played like two in the afternoon, our time. Hard to segue on from a broken back, but we'll try to do so with the KDOS1060.com poll question here. Is the Diamondbacks magic of March through June gone for the rest of 2023? Yes or no? Well, I'll segue it. The Diamondbacks might have a broken back right now as far as their season goes. Uh, I'm going to say yes. Uh, as currently constructed, as the roster is currently constructed, Mike Hazen, since we were here last, back on uh, July the 7th, uh, said that uh, they will be aggressive but not reckless before the trade deadline. I'm assuming that maybe they might be a little more reckless after watching the bullpen implode three consecutive days and Games that were still winnable at uh, Toronto in the seventh and eighth innings became less winnable. And, uh, you know, their season-long, I think, weakness of uh, the bullpen was further exposed in Toronto. 
Uh, yeah, I think that uh, trades here are certainly going to be something that we we knew needed to happen in terms of helping, whether it be starting pitching or relief pitching. And if that doesn't take place, then it could be a disappointing second half of the season with increased expectations for this team. Uh, and then just looking at how things go before the trade deadline. So you had the three games. They were already swept by the Blue Jays. Then you have three games against the Braves here, which won't be easy. Easy. Then you'll have three against the Cincinnati Reds. Then you'll come back home. You'll host the Cardinals. You'll host the Mariners. All of that taking place before the trade deadline. Uh, I do think there's still plenty of positives here uh, to knock it down on this team with some of the growth opportunities from some key players here. And we've just known about the pitching situation for, for quite some time here that uh, they were able to kind of overcome some of it with their own bats. And that isn't always the most reliable option so um you could potentially kind of go through this roller coaster here of the second half of the season if some trades are not made to help bolster either the starting pitching or uh, the relief bullpen i'll add another thing they might need a bat uh specifically third base uh Rivera, who was good early in the season has gone cold evelyn longoria has had some moments here and there but uh, they need an offensive uh, infusion here. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Christian Walker is hitting 108 in, his, uh, in the month of July. Um, he's their cleanup guy, and he's been tremendous. But needless to say, he's on a rough stretch here. And, you know, it's really painful to watch him because he gets so frustrated. I don't blame him uh, when things aren't going well. And... Uh, yeah, it's, uh, he's not to the Paul O'Neill extent from back in the day where every water cooler and everybody in the dugout area might be in danger of being hit by something he throws in anger. Uh, but uh, you know, Walker is certainly frustrated, and they might need a little more offense uh, if they're going to make a, some kind of run and even you know, think they're going to get to the postseason because, thankfully, it's the National League, and they have to – actually fill all the uh, all the playoff spots uh, so somebody has to make it but uh, they, they're right now look like a team that uh, we kind of thought maybe before the season would be you know, you know pushing 500 at best and uh, you know lately obviously losing 10 in the last 14 games they haven't been close to 500 of late the masses are on the yes side of things here at 83% of the vote, no trailing at 17%. This is the KDOS1060.com poll question. Tossing this on over to Twitter, at KDOSAM1060, Bob had a conversation with Bill Bender of the Sporting News talking all things college football. If you missed it, you can podcast it, KDOS1060.com or with the KDOS1060 app. Here's the question. Will Georgia win a third consecutive college football playoff? Uh, certainly history. As you've pointed out multiple times throughout uh, the sports zone and the extra point is not on their side to be able to three-peat, but they certainly have an opportunity to do so. A new quarterback will be in place, but uh, you also have to factor in that Georgia lost Jalen Carter, Keeley Ringo, but they're now at this level of a team and a program that you lose players, top recruits are ready to roll and ready to go. There are learning curves that come with that, but uh, it, it does seem like they're poised and in a great position to kind of be able to 
maximize who they have on the roster, talent, athleticism, speed. And I think we saw that in certain matchups when they were playing teams outside of the SEC who we thought were great teams. Just the athleticism and speed difference was on display. And I don't think that that has gone away. No, I don't think it has either. Uh, but, you know, just historically speaking, it's pretty easy to go say, no, they're not going to win another national championship. They do have a new quarterback. Carson Beck is their, quote, new quarterback, but he's been there in this program for two, three, maybe even four years. They have a new coordinator, needless to say. Mike Bobo is back after uh, you know, Todd Munkin has gone on to the Baltimore Ravens, so that's going to be different there. Uh, you know, their schedule, I think, is pretty manageable uh, as far as the uh, SEC goes, so that might help them a little bit, even though – there's always a few uh, stumbling blocks. You're not really sure. You know, every week in the SEC, you got to show up for the most part, unless you're playing Vanderbilt. And you know, Vanderbilt even had a couple of surprises towards the end of last season. So I think the easy answer here is no. But it wouldn't totally shock me if they actually did win another national championship because they've obviously uh, Kirby Smart's done a tremendous job recruiting. I believe tomorrow is when Georgia makes uh, the official appearance at SEC Media Day. Uh, so uh, we'll, yeah, I'm sure that uh, you know, there'll be all kinds of questions about, can you three-peat? Are you going to have a you know, hangover? Or you know, is there you know, complacency setting in? And those things, I'm sure those will be frequent questions uh, when Kirby Smart and the other players uh, that they usually bring two or three players uh, for SEC media days, which, by the way, this year is in Nashville and not in Alabama. Uh, you know, there's a couple of different things that are always question marks, uh, you know, with a new quarterback, but then also having a new offensive coordinator and the success that obviously Todd Munkin has had uh, in this Georgia program. But it, it also kind of seems like maybe when you just have your tight end, Brock Bowers, you just get the ball to him and that fixes everything. <laughs> That's not a bad idea. Not bad. And also, yeah, I mentioned Mike Bobo is back. He was there for a few years during the Mike, uh, Mike, uh, Mark Rick, excuse me, Mark Rick regime. Uh, I think he went to Colorado State as a head coach for a while. That didn't work out. But he's actually been back in the program, uh, one of those uh, phony titles as an assistant coach or the quality control or whatever they called him. So he's actually been there. Uh, for the last couple of years, and Carson Beck, as I've mentioned, uh, the you know, projected starting quarterback for this year has been there for num a number of years. So those guys are just jumping into something that they're not familiar with the situation. The masses, though, are on the no side of things, seemingly with history. 80% is on the no side of things. Yes, sitting at 20%. This is on Twitter, at KDUS AM 1060. College football, it's around the corner. And the previews continue as Ohio State is the topic tomorrow at 9.15. Bob talks to Joey Kaufman of the Columbus Dispatch. Who will be the Buckeyes quarterback? Uh, that and plenty more discussed in tomorrow's Sports Zone. But we wrap things up on the other side of the break. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins has found a new home. In addition to that, uh, the franchise tag deadline for players to reach long-term agreements is today i believe it's one o'clock uh local time so we'll see if anything comes about of that with saquon barkley i do believe Sa it saquon has a new agent oh 
And yeah. I do Inter- believe... Interesting timing there. Right? Uh, I do believe Tony Pollard and uh, the Cowboys have already accepted that uh, a new deal will not be reached. So we'll get into that and much more as we wrap up this Monday edition of The Extra Point. Check out the Doug Gottlieb Show, Monday through Friday, 1 to 3 p.m., right here on KDUS AM 1060. Monday, July 17th edition of Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, follow along with us online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. Bob, it's that time once again for the first time in a couple of days. It is thank you time. Yeah, like 10 days. Uh, Thanks for listening. Special thanks to the callers, emailers, tweeters, texters, Whomever and whatever else slipped through the cracks. Also, our guest today, the first of our five college football segments this week at 9.15. We had a national preview from Bill Bender of the Sporting News. Excellent stuff, as always. And as uh, Bill mentioned uh, uh, to you, Kayla, apparently before he came on with me and uh, mentioned to me, is officially the start of college football season when we're calling him for a college football segment. Uh <laughs> Also on Tuesday, we'll continue those previews with the Ohio State University, which has not been the Ohio State University, at least uh, the Saturday after Thanksgiving, the last two years, losing to the University of Michigan. And we'll explore whether Ohio State actually has a starting quarterback that is of national championship level this particular year. Also uh, today, obviously, uh, the sound today, courtesy of ESPN. Valley Sports, Wisconsin, Fox, KLAA, WFAN, and also Valley Sports, Ohio. And special thanks, as always, to Kayla, Corey, and Aaron. And Kayla's going to tell us now what's coming up next. Well, first of all, Bob, the good news is is that Bill Bender uh, it still takes my text. So that's at least the the first good news about the official start well, it, of college yeah, football season. Yeah, well, we text on – you know, you t- it took like three minutes for you to get uh, – you know, the, uh, I text you on Saturday, uh, college football national guests for uh, for Monday, and uh, you know, is actually getting in uh, a vehicle to go have lunch with a friend, and uh, barely made it to the vehicle before you actually text me back. So there's, that was rather, rather quick. World record time there for Bill to uh, yeah. respond back. So that was great news. Yeah. Uh, and. It He's was, waiting for us. I think he was. <laughs> uh, so we've been talking it up. Go ahead and podcast it over at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS1060 app. But what's coming up next here on uh, KDOS AM1060 from noon to 1 o'clock, it is Sports Map Radio Network, followed by the Doug Gottlieb Show from 1 to 3 p.m., the Rich Eisen Show from 3 to 5, the Sports Zoo with Dave Rooster Beerstein from 5 to 6, Monday Night Golf with Ray Adams from 6 to 7, and James Out West from 7 to 8 tonight all right bob did you expect this to happen that uh deandre hopkins reportedly has found a new home and it's going to be the tennessee titans according to several reports it's a two-year contract that could be worth up to 15 million dollars for the first year 12 million uh guaranteed though for that first year 
Yeah, I think it's 26 guaranteed over the two seasons. So uh, I think instead of uh, he got obviously not nearly as good an offer from the Patriots uh, and likely is just not waiting any longer to see if the Chiefs can clear enough salary cap space and restructure the contract of Chris Jones to end up going there. So I don't blame him. Uh, he's obviously still making, was it $21 million from the Cardinals this season? Uh, so, you know, it's the NFL. Almost never do I object to you know, athletes and uh, football players in the NFL chasing the money. So this uh, graphic was on ESPN this morning, and I just kind of thought it was funny, so we have to talk about it here. It's the players that are on the roster, but then they also had to throw in the head coach here, too, for career receiving touchdowns. So when DeAndre Hopkins joins Tennessee, he will be leading the way significantly at 72 touchdowns throughout his career. Then second on this list... It's Mike one Mike Vrabel. He, yeah, the Super Bowl, right? He caught at least one touchdown in the Super Bowl, yeah. didn't he? From the, yeah. the linebacking position. But, uh, yeah, uh, 12 touchdowns for Vrabel throughout his career. Then you get yeah. into the wide receivers for the Titans. Chris Moore, eight touchdowns. Nick Westbrook, Akine at seven touchdowns. And Traylon Brooks at one touchdown. So that's currently uh, the happenings over in Tennessee that I thought were just kind of funny. Uh, yeah, My, Mike Vrabel went to Ohio State when it was the Ohio Ohio State University. We also alluded to it heading to break here that uh, for those that signed their franchise tag, they have until one o'clock today to reach a long-term agreement or else they will be playing on their franchise tag. It does appear that for the Cowboys, they are not expected to reach an agreement with Tony Pollard and he'll play on the franchise tag of 10.1 million. So all eyes are turning here to Saquon Barkley and uh, what's going to happen with him. And he had also, you know, kind of mentioned that he was willing to hold out and that's at least the last I had heard about it before we went on vacation you said he has a new agent so we'll see what happens yeah. around one o'clock today he has new representation I think also Josh Jacobs it doesn't like uh, look like they're gonna come anywhere near a deal with him so we'll see what happens with that and the Raiders uh, also, I've been watching the Netflix documentary Quarterback, which has been featuring Patrick Mahomes, Kirk Cousins, and Marcus Mariota from last season. I'm through five episodes. I believe there are eight, so I'll have some uh, thoughts if I remember to do it later this week about this particular documentary revolving around these three quarterbacks from their journey last season. And I guess it was a great year to do it because obviously Patrick Mahomes goes on and, and wins it all. That's true. And uh, the Mariota thing, I'm sure, was intriguing. Yeah, I haven't quite gotten to that part if they yeah. explain yeah. his mysterious absence. And if we get some insight into that, so I'll be sure to update you on my findings. But He also had the, he had the lowest on-target percentage of any quarterback in the NFL last year, by the way. That's not great. No. But what's great is we're back. Happy to be here. The Sports Zone with Bob Kemp is with you tomorrow starting at 9 a.m.